couldn't handle Get ready for a battle Cause you know It's time to build. Say that with me. It's time to build. That's what God's doing. Let's stand together. We're going to get right into it this morning. I want to say thank you for so many of you with your kind words and cards um, as my father's passing a few weeks ago. And thank you so many for your kind words and cards over my birthday this past week. I want to thank you for serving because you looked at that video. We said last week we had 702 at Pinsburg, not counting our people. And to the best of our ability, we believe we had Monday night here, not counting our people, 1,500 people right here. Amen. Amen. Way to serve. Way to serve. Way to give. We're talking about builders. Those are our heroes in the kingdom of God, building the kingdom of God within us and through us. And so we're looking at Hebrews chapter 11 and then going back to the scriptures of these scenarios of these people of God. And we've looked at Abraham and we've looked at Moses and today we're going to look at Joshua, our hero builder for today and what he's saying and what God is saying to him and for us this morning. So if you would take out your word As I said, we're going to get right into it. Hold up maybe your app. And uh, I believe God wants to say something to his church. Do you believe that this morning? That's not true. Okay. I'm going to ask that again. Do you believe God wants to say something to his church, the church of Jesus Christ? Amen. I I believe he's speaking and speaking. And the thing is that I've said before, are we listening? Are we attentive? God wants to say something to you personally. Do you believe that today? I honestly believe that. If you believe that, that's called expectancy. If you believe that you have expectancy, you're going to hear from the Lord. You're going to receive from the Lord today. So I want you to have that ear and that heart of expectancy to receive from the Lord this morning. Let's say it together if you would. This is my Bible. This is the Word of God. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. When I read and hear the word, faith comes to my spirit. I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God, and it will change my life. I'll never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You sound great. Download the app. Follow along. Uh, You have the handout. I see some of you have that. Write some things down. Use that this week. Get into the Word of God. And so we looked at Abraham, our model of faith, and we see God told him and his wife Sarah that they would have a baby boy in their old age, that Abraham would be the father of a great nation, of many nations, that the nations of the world would be blessed through him. Uh, the Messiah would come. It'd start with one promised boy, Isaac, and God gave Abraham this visual aid, and that was the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore, so numerous in number that uh, he couldn't name all of them, a number of them, and he saw this by faith. 
You have to have faith, and faith is when in the natural, he had nothing that Israel, the nation, would come out of him. The Messiah would come from him. As I said, all the nations of the earth would be blessed, and, and we use the phrase, you got to see it before you see it. Depends who you're looking at. What are you looking at, and who are you looking at? And the Apostle Paul said of Abraham in Romans chapter 4, he said, calling those things that are not as though they are, it's by faith, by faith, by faith. And last week we looked at Moses, and God speaks to Moses, and, and God tells Moses who he is and who his name is. He says, I am that I am. And God was saying, I'm everything that you're ever going to need. No one created me. No one sustains me. I don't have a beginning of days or the end of days. I'm everything that you're ever going to need. And he says, it's not about you, Moses. It's about me. It's about what I will do in you and through you. You got to have vision, Moses. You got to see it before you see it. And God says, keep your eyes upon me. Paul said, the apostle of all, looking unto him, Jesus, the author and the finisher, perfecter of our faith. You've got to see it before you see it. And he found out, you know, what the apostle Paul was talking about, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Do not grow weary in well-doing, for you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. Vision will give you endurance, keep you going when you want to give up. And then um, we look today at the builder Joshua. He's a successor of Moses. Moses was his mentor. He was Moses' assistant. And that Moses, man, he received the Ten Commandments, Moses. Uh, Moses' face shine and shone with the glory of God. God performed miracles through Moses, and so now Joshua is his successor. Moses was his mentor, and Moses, to say the least, is intimidated. I am following, I mean, Joshua is intimidating. I am following Moses. When we pick this up today, the children of Israel have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. They could have been in the promised land in 14 days. From the time they left Egypt to the promised land, it could have been 14 days, but it took them 40 years. But that's a bummer of a trip right there. Are we there yet? The kids were saying that. Are we there yet? No, we're not. Are we there yet? Why aren't we there yet? Are we there yet? You see, we see some things that kept them out of the land of promise. Fear, doubt, unbelief, and complaining kept them out until now. Now they're standing on the banks of the Jordan River. Some scholars have said there were one million. Some have said more like two million. But we see the people of God are standing on the banks of the Jordan River after 40 years, ready to go into the promised land. But now, that promised land is full of towns and cities, great walled cities, great armies are there in the promised land. And we see God says to Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. Three times. Why does God tell Joshua to be strong and courageous? Because Joshua is afraid. To put it mildly, Joshua is scared 
to death and he is shaking. That's exactly where he is at standing on the banks of the Jordan River with a million, million and a half people standing there with him. And God tells him some things. God says, don't presume. When you presume, all kind of mistakes happen and take place when you presume and you end up being foolish. How many's ever presumed on some things before? I've got this, no problem, it's all good. No. And then he says, don't panic. Don't panic, Joshua. I, don't, don't worry about tomorrow. I'm into tomorrow. It has enough situations and trouble of its own, but I don't want you to panic. I'm into the day, and I have tomorrow covered. I'm, I'm God of the future. And he says, so, you know, God is the future, and, and don't worry because worry is an attempt to control the future. And then he says something to Joshua, really, don't procrastinate. What he's saying there is don't wait for perfect conditions because they're not coming. Never, ever going to be perfect conditions. They're not coming. Someone said this about procrastination. Procrastination is my sin. It only brings me sorrow. I know I ought to change my life. In fact, I will tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to change. Tomorrow, I'm going to do that. Tomorrow, I'm going to start trusting. Tomorrow, I'm going to start believing. Tomorrow, I'm going to start serving. Tomorrow, I'm going to start tithing. Tomorrow, I'm going to start giving. How many's ever had that tomorrow thing going on? Yeah, tomorrow. So God is saying to Joshua, and I believe he's speaking to us today, when you're going to face the future, when you're facing an unknown future and you have decisions to make, I don't want you to presume or panic or procrastinate. So how does God intend for us and want us to face the future? How did he intend and what was he saying to Joshua to face his future? And I believe he's speaking to us as the church of Jesus Christ. It's strategic that we are here together in 2019, getting ready to face 2020. What does he have for the church? What is he saying to you and the future that you need to step into. So we're going to look at these three things because God gave Joshua a pep talk. How many's ever needed a pep talk before? Come on. Joshua needed a big pep talk. This is what we're looking at in Joshua chapter 1. It's the pep talk. It's the locker room talk that God gives to Joshua so he can do this. And so that's what we are hearing today, and that's what I want you to receive today. This is our pep talk today because we're getting ready to face a future. We're getting ready to make decisions. We're getting ready to step into this week and the weeks ahead into the next year. And so here's our pep talk today. They're standing on the banks they're getting ready to cross in the promised land. Joshua is now in charge. And he knows the moment that he leads the children of Israel across the Jordan River. They're going to face seven enemy nations. All of them bigger. All of them badder. All of them stronger. All of them well equipped. Seven wicked, evil, heathen, God-hating, god hating, evil, practicing nations. That is who they're going to face. And there's going to be continuous battles for a number of years. And right here, God gives him a promise. He says, if you do these three things, if you do these three things, I guarantee your success, your future will be successful. How many would like to hear those three things today? 
Don't be afraid of that word success. The significance, the success that God wants to bring you to and bring through you. Don't be, it's a biblical word. It's a biblical concept. You do these three things. Do these three things. Corey Tin Boone, the great woman that came out of the concentration camps of World War II says, don't be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Don't be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. How many have some uh, unknown going on in your life right now? Come on. It's a word for you this morning. It's a word for us this morning. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Jesus Christ. He's in control. Amen? So what do we do? Three promises of success. Number one, set up a plan. You see, God, he plans. He's not spontaneous. It may seem to us as suddenly and spontaneous, but God has a plan. He always has a plan. So if you're going to be godly, you must learn to plan. Plan your future because (laughs) you're going to spend the rest of your life there. Plan your future. Here's a survey. 27% of Americans have never, ever given any thought to the future. 60% have given some thought to their future concerning finances. 10% have given serious thoughts of the future, but only 3% have written down goals. And these people, the three percenters who have written down the goals, are the most successful. Plan. Moses, we see it right here in, in, in verse 2. Chapter 1 of Joshua in verse 3. God says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said, as I promised to Moses. So the first step to success is prepare. Get ready. Write that down. Prepare. Get ready. I have to prepare to possess what God has promised. I have to prepare to possess what God has promised. When you want to live your life for Jesus, when you want his will to be done in your life and through your life, when you want to build the kingdom of God, life is going to be a combination of battles and blessings. I just want you to hear that right now. Battles and blessings. It doesn't come easy battles and blessings. Verse 11, he says, pass through the camp, command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourselves. For within three days, you will cross over this Jordan to go in to promise to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. So we see right here, successful people set up a plan. They get ready to make the most of their time, to make most of your energy, to make most of your opportunities, to make the most of your life. And once again, the future belongs to the person who prepares for it. Look at verse 2. God says, again, Moses, my servant, is dead. What do you think God said that? Moses, my servant, is dead. Like, like, well, yeah, I know that, God. (laughs) That's why you've put me here. Like, why did God say that? It was a important statement, a significant statement. God said that because he's saying that one of the ways you prepare for your future is you have to let go of the past. You have to let go. 
Keep looking to the past. You keep looking to success of the past, victories of the past, accomplishments of the past, failures of the past, mistakes of the past, hurts of the past, wounds of the past. You got to let it go. God's not into the past. He's into today and tomorrow. God has a future for you. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Some things we got to let go. God says, that's over with. This is a new chapter. Let that go because this next step, This next step, this first step of faith is the hardest. Proverbs 16, 9, see it requires faith. And man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So I want to ask you this morning, I want you to think, what is your Jordan River? What is your Jordan River right now? What is it that looks insurmountable or seemingly impossible right now in your life? Something that you're facing financially, spiritually, relationally, health-wise, emotionally. What is your Jordan River? Where is it that you need to step out in faith this morning? See, here at Morningstar Fellowship, you've been here for a number of weeks or months. We are right now, believe we're following the Lord And we're here, and we're expanding the kingdom of God. We believe God is calling us to multiply here at 9th and Main and in Pittsburgh. And the question is, do we have more than enough people? No. Do we have more than enough money? No. (laughs) Do we need more people serving right now, right here? Yes. Do we need more people Ready to serve when we open up Easter Sunday 2020? Yes, we do. Do we need people building physically right now? Say it with me, yes. Yes. Okay, we've gotten to the point. We've gotten to the point. We still need a lot of you people like me, but we need skilled people. How many see this little piece of paper that says builders on here? I have some of these at the Next Steps desk. After this service, I would like you, if you have a skill like, well, this is a skill I have, demo walls. That's therapy right there, baby. Let me just demo some walls. Let me take that sledgehammer and start hitting away. Oh, I feel better. Thank you, Jesus. Catharsis, amen. But if you know how to frame, if you know how to drywall and finish drywall and your electrician This is the season that we need you because we're starting to do this Tuesday night, 5 o'clock at Pittsburgh. We're going to start framing the walls. And this is where you come in, and uh, you need to sign up because you're needed right now. It's time to build. Say that with me. It's time to build. It is. It's time to build. It is. It's time to do that. Do we need people praying? Say it with me. Yes. Come on. We're going to pray. Got to pray this thing through. I didn't say that for last because it's the last thing on the list. It's the foundation of the list. We're here again tomorrow night, 6:30. We're praying 45 minutes an hour. We're not praying God best Billy and Mary and John. We're praying intercessory, kingdom warfare, advance the kingdom, pull down strongholds, beat Satan up type of prayers. I need you here tomorrow night. We're going to pray together. Amen. Come on, say with me. It's time to pray. It is. It's time 
to pray. And so when I look at the situation, does it look overwhelming at times? Yes, it does. A little self-survey, one word that describes your trust in God right now. I want you to hear this, and this is where the notes are important. You need to write this down for yourself. A self-assessment, a little survey, one word. Where are you at with trusting God right now, having faith in God right now? Is your trust, is your faith growing? Is it weak? Is it strong? Is it just getting started? Write that down on that paper for yourself. So we look at a little background on Joshua. He was a man of conviction. He was willing to do whatever, whenever, wherever. We look at Numbers 13 and 14, 40 years before. He was one of the spies, there are 12, sent in to the promised land to spy it out and check it out and explore. And only he and Caleb came back and they said this, let's go in, let's possess it. We are well able to take it. God is with us. The 10 other guys had a negative report. We can't do it. It can't be done. Only two people said, yes, we can. No one remembers the people who say it can't be done. We remember the people who say, we can. Let's roll. Let's do this thing. We're able to do it. We build statues, not to critics. We build statues to people to say, let's get it done. We can do it. Philippians 4.13, Paul says, the apostle, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can through the one who strengthens me. Number two promise for success, stay in the word. Verse seven, stay in the word. Observe to do all the law which my servant command, Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Observe to do all of the word, all that my servant Moses commanded you. Don't turn to the right hand or to the left hand, that you may prosper wherever you go. So what does this mean? Simply, it says, don't get sidetracked. Don't get sidetracked. Too often people, you know, we start off, we're on fire for Jesus, we're in God's word, we're living for Jesus, and then something happens, some things come along, and we seem to get sidetracked. We can get sidetracked by good things, we can get sidetracked by negative things, harmful things, you know, we can get sidetracked by a relationship, by a hobby, by sports, we can get sidetracked by an illness that overtakes over our life. And so why does this begin to happen? And I believe one reason is, God says, because we're not in the Word. We need God's Word every day, every day, not every few days or once a week, you need to be in God's house, not just once every several weeks or every week. Every day, we need the Word of God. How many meals do you eat every week? Every day. Spiritually, what do we need? What do we need? Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. Sometimes I think we misquote this and say, Anna, in it, get into the Word of God day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So God's promise of success is based on my commitment to 
his word. Amen. Why? Why? God's promise of success is based on my commitment to his word. Why is that? Because this is our blueprint for behavior. This is the owner's manual. I have a question, I'm going to the Word of God. I have doubt, I go to the Word of God. I need direction, I go to the Word of God. I'm involved in fear right now. What do I do? I go to the Word of God. I have questions, I go to the Word of God. Man, it's like Googling it. What do we do? We Google it all the time. Google it. Man, we, we looked at our refrigerator the other week and, and the two bottom glass shelves, they, 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 they were uh, like falling and leaning toward for, uh, forward and what's the problem going on here? And I looked in the track that they should be on and, and the plastic track there, it was broken off and so that's why everything was tilting forward and it wasn't working right. So what did we do? We Googled that, found the parts that we would need, we ordered the parts on the phone and, and then they come into the mail. This is your blueprint for behavior right here. The owner's manual. When in doubt, consult the owner's manual. The more you ignore this book, the more pain and problems you're going to have in your life. The more you follow, the more your life is going to be significant and successful. So three ways to stay in the Word. Some helps to help us stay in the Word. Don't let it depart from your mouth. What does that mean? You need to talk about it. Are you talking about the Word? What does God do in your life? What's the Lord saying to you lately? What, 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 have, you, what have you been reading? What, what is God speaking to you? Where do you do that? In a small group, in a connect group, where you're able to talk about the Word of God, talk about what we're hearing here on Sunday mornings, where you're able to ask questions, and other people's going to ask questions, the ones you weren't thinking of, or asking the question that you were afraid to ask. And they're going to have an insight and a comment, maybe that you don't have, that you're going to stay in the Word because we're going to talk about the Word of God. Then we're going to meditate on the Word of God. This is biblical. This isn't the Far Eastern religions. Satan got a hold of that and perverted that. This means serious focus and concentration. If you know how to worry, you already know how to meditate. Worry is negative meditation because when you meditate, when you worry, that thing that you're worrying and thinking about, what? Gets bigger and bigger, and bigger, and bigger. How many's noticed that before? Man, and that thing consumes your thoughts and consumes your minds. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to pay my rent? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? It just doesn't seem to, and you worry, and it gets bigger, and bigger, and bigger. But when you meditate on a verse, or verses, scripture, or scriptures, that scripture will get larger, and larger, and bigger, and bigger, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Because the Hebrew for meditation really is recitation, verbal recitation of the Word of God. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That's what the Apostle Paul tells us. There's a spiritual dynamic that when you begin to speak the Word out loud, even when you're all by yourself, you heal yourself speaking the Word of God, and pretty soon your spirit is going to catch up with what your mouth is speaking, and you're going to begin to believe the Word of God because it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and consume what you have been worrying about because it's going to loom large over that thing 
thing you thought was so big because the Word of God is bigger and greater than the problem and the obstacle or the Jordan River that you are facing right now. Thank God for His Word. Amen? The Word. And it's this recitation, active recitation. It's a re-speaking of the Word of God. And that's why when you see in Jerusalem, the pictures of the Jewish people at, at, at the wailing wall or the last remaining wall of the temple. And they're there putting their prayers in. And I was there in January 2014 and went to that wall. And we put our yarmulkes on and we went to the wall. It was a holy time in the presence of God. And wrote out your prayer request in faith and rolled it up and stuck it into the crevices of those stones there. And, and you see the, the Jewish men praying. And what are they doing? Or you've seen them early in the morning like we did on the plane flying from New York to, to Tel Aviv. And they would get up and they put their prayer shawls on and they were praying. But they're there and you see their mouth moving and they're speaking and they're rocking back and forth. They're reciting the word of God verbally. Church begin to speak the word of God. Respeak the word of God. God hears you speaking his word. God puts his anointing upon his word, his favor upon the word. Faith rises up in your heart. I'm crossing this Jordan. Amen. Amen. I'm crossing. Do what it says. Amen. Do what it says. Nike had that logo years ago. It's still there. Just do it. What am I going to do with the Word of God? I'm going to what? I'm going to meditate on the Word of God. I'm going to talk about the Word of God, and I'm going to do what the Word of God says. I'm going to put it into practice. This book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book, a great evangelist said years ago. And then number three, real simple, step out in faith. Set up a plan, stay in the Word, now step out in faith. I, I, I like these two words, step out. Because faith is action. It's more than just saying, I believe. It's more than having a head knowledge. You know the devil believes and the demons believe? They do. They're not committed to God. See, this is talking about a commitment, not just knowing about him. Committing your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Step out in faith. Faith is just not having a belief. Faith is an action word where I allow him to be in charge. He is the CEO of my life. He is the commander in chief of my life. He is the chairman of the board. You look at chapter 1, verse 6, 7, and 9. God says three times in this chapter, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see, Joshua, he needed this thing called courage. And courage is in the absence of fear. Courage is forward motion in the presence of fear. Courage is forward motion in the presence of fear. How many have ever, ever really been afraid? Come on, how many's ever really been afraid in your life? Put, hold your hand up a moment. Because there's been times I've been afraid. I've been battling fear the last several months, but fear is not going to control my life. When you want to possess your future, do the thing you fear the most. 
Fear will keep you from getting started, and discouragement will keep you from keeping on. These two things, fear and discouragement, are the two enemies that will keep you in your desert, out of your promised land. Have you ever, I'm going to ask you again, really been afraid? When you think about that, what was going on in your life? Write that down. Or what is going on in your life right now? How did you, dear, deal with that fear and face that fear? How are you right now dealing with that fear and facing that fear? I want to say, don't let fear rule your life. Step out in faith. Say it with me again, by faith. By faith. Be willing to be wrong to find out you might be right. I would rather try and fail than to live in the safe zone and make no mistakes at all. Amen? The first step's always the hardest. That's a step of faith. If we jump to chapter 3, we see in the middle of that chapter, God said, step out in faith. The priests were to go first, the Ark of the Covenant they were carrying, and they were to step down into the Jordan River. It was ankle deep. It was knee deep. It was waist deep. It was chest deep. They had to step into the river. 19 miles. They didn't realize this, but up river, God had dammed it up. It took a few moments for that effect to come down to where they were at the Jordan River. Forty years before, I'm wrapping this up, they had left Egypt. Moses held out his staff. And as he held out his staff, that great Red Sea parted back, and they walked across on dry ground. Now, at the Jordan River, you know, normally it wasn't so much. Oh, here I'm on this side, there's the other side, about to the back of the church there. I've been there, it was about that wide, no problem. It was flood stage. <laughs> It was wild, it was deep, it was dangerous, it was life-threatening, it was overflowing and overwhelming. And God says, this time, instead of me opening the water first, I want you to step out into the water first. I want you to test me. It's by faith. Forty years earlier, the children of Israel failed to trust God. They failed to step out in faith. The spies came back with a bad report, a negative report, a faithless, fear-filled report, and they had a setback for 40 years. But now, on the banks of the Jordan River, facing an unknown future, Joshua and the children of Israel were ready for a comeback. Because a setback is a setup for a comeback. Amen? You're a comeback. Sickness thought it had you, but you're coming back. Your business failed, but you're coming back. Your marriage failed, but you're a comeback. Your investments were lost, but you're a comeback. Your loved one is gone, but you're a comeback. Jack Daniels thought it had you, but you're a comeback. Heroin thought it had you, but you're a comeback. Fear thought it had you, but you're a comeback. The devil thought he had your life, but you're a comeback. I'm coming back in the name of Jesus. You're a comeback in the mighty, delivering name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Tell your neighbor you're a comeback. I'm a comeback. I want to ask you, what would you attempt for God if you knew you wouldn't fail? 
What is it that looks impossible in your life right now today? Stand with me if you would. Bob Goff, a Christian attorney and author and speaker, he said this, God delights in answering your impossible prayers. Step out in faith anyway. So here's our action step. We're going to trust God. We're going to obey God in spite of our fear. And we're going to do it afraid. Let's do this thing. Let's build the kingdom of God. Amen? Let's build the kingdom of God. God's called you to succeed for him. Do you believe that today? We're going to build the kingdom of God. Come on, say it with me. I'm going to succeed in Jesus' name. Five of us believe that. I preached my heart out for the last 40 minutes. We're going to succeed. Amen. For the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. We're going to trust God. We're going to obey God. We're going to pray. We're going to be into the word. Amen. I'm going to ask God to speak to your heart. You're going to invite somebody to church. There's people that need to be here. Life is here. Hope is here. Salvation is here. Healing is here. Deliverance is here. You need to invite somebody to church. We're going to serve. Would you say and be honest with yourself and God and us today? We're in an atmosphere of, come on, we're all in this together. We accept each other. You're standing at your Jordan River and you're facing an uncertain future and you want to step out in faith and you're just going to trust God but you're a little bit afraid there's some fear involved but you want to do it and you want God's help to do it today just take that first step I'm going to say there I am I'm facing something today it's unknown it's unknown it's unknown it's a no. Lift your hands to heaven right now. Let's sing together that we're going to pray. Prayer team, would you come?
Noah said, you know what I am? I'm going to trust God. We're going to step out in faith. We're going to receive. You see, when we're in God's will, we will accomplish God's purposes, and we will be a success for the Lord. That's the big idea. When we are in God's will, we will accomplish God's purposes, and we will be a success for the Lord. If you're here today, and you know you're not close to Jesus Christ, you're so far from Him, and He's been calling you and calling you, He has a life for you that you can't dream possible. He wants you to know his love, his salvation. He wants to give you a brand new start from this day forward. And he wants to be with you through the challenges of life that lie ahead. To walk with you all the way to eternity. And you say, I don't have him in my life. I'm not living for him right now. I'm far away from Christ. I need to make that decision. Raise your hand for me right now and say, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, I want to know you. I want to live for you. I want you to take my sin. I want to be in your family. Taking a moment doing that. I'm not going to hurry through this time. Okay, how many said, once again, you're facing the Jordan River, unknown future, and you want to step out in faith. You want to trust an unknown future to your known God. You're going to do that right now. You're going to step out right now. We're going to step out in faith. Step out in faith. We're stepping out together as a church. We're going to build the kingdom of God. Lord, every lie of the enemy, we silence right now in the name that is above every name. Everything that is being spoken in my brother and sister's ears right now that is negative and faithless, may it be broken. The power of that word broken. We pray for your will to be done, your word to be had, be, be, be heard. We commit ourselves to meditate in your word, to recite it, that our faith is built up, that we will step out in faith into an unknown future because we know you are God. You have our future already covered. I believe you. I'm going to act in your name and on your word. I'm stepping out right now by faith in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. We thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you.